I'm really excited to get to share with you all this morning. And I have to say a big thank you to Chris for giving me the opportunity to preach this week. Um, I'll be honest, a lot of the time as we've been going through the story, some of those Old Testament chapters where I was just sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, Chris, please don't ask me to preach. Please don't ask me to preach. <laughs> but here we are, chapter 29, which is Paul's mission. Who brought their story Bible with them this morning? Can you raise your hand if you have your story Bible? Okay, so I will tell you the, okay, those page numbers as we go. But when we look at Paul, we can see, man, this guy, he was a man on a mission. He lived a life filled with purpose and meaning. And man, the things that God did through Paul as he lived his life on mission were amazing. And we get to read about them today. The, in, the things that God did through Paul, as we read about them, we're still impacted by his life today, which is incredible. And we look at so many of the letters in the New Testament that Paul wrote to these churches that he was visiting, these churches that he planted, and it's amazing to see what God did through Paul's life because he was on a mission. And how many of you know that just like Paul had a mission, we have a mission. Am I right? So if we look at Paul's mission really quickly, Acts 13, verse 47, which is page 409 in your story Bible, we get to see exactly what Paul's mission was. And it says this, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. A light for the Gentiles, a light for those who don't know Jesus, that you may bring salvation, bring the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And our mission is very similar. And we see that in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, where Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we have a mission as well. And I don't know about you, but I would love to live a life that looked anything like Paul's. Not that his life was easy, because it was not. But I would love to live my life on a mission, knowing that God was going to work through me to bring about more of his kingdom on this earth. Is anybody with me there? Good. So as a church, we have a mission, this mission that Jesus has showed us, and we call it the Great Commission. So we've seen a lot of churches using different strategies as they go about fulfilling this, this mission. And one of those strategies that I always think is a little funny, also kind of cool, is when churches use their signs to fulfill this mission. So I found some, some kind of good signs that, you know, might actually draw people to Jesus. Southern's not so good. But check out the screens. The first one, this is kind of cute. What's missing from church? You are precious, right? <laughs> or this one's actually my favorite. Uh, life is cray-cray. Jesus is the way-way, right? 
being culturally relevant there. Or maybe this next one, these guys might have given up. Too cold to change sign, message inside. Right, kind of clever. Or this one, which I hope will not be the case today, having trouble sleeping, we have servants. Come here one. Yeah, so please don't fall asleep. <laughs> please, like seriously, please don't fall asleep. <laughs> So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive in and talk about Paul's mission and our mission. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for laughter and for fun, and, and Lord, for this mission that you have called us to be a part of. And it's so amazing to think, Lord, that we get to partner with you to see this world impacted in the name of Jesus, to see your kingdom established in our world. So thank you, Jesus, that we get to be a part of this. And Lord, would you just take this word, take your words and divide them up hundreds of different ways this morning for every single person. Just touch every heart, Holy Spirit, I pray, like only you can do. We just ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we have this mission, but then we have a problem. And Chris mentioned this problem last week. And the problem is this, is that even though we have this mission, for some reason, us Jesus followers, we just don't share our faith very often. We just don't share the message of Jesus very often, if at all. And that's kind of a big problem. And a lot of it has to do with fear, I think. There's a lot of fears that hold us back from sharing the good news of Jesus with those around us. Um, the fear of getting into trouble, maybe in your workplace, maybe at school, maybe you would actually get in trouble if you shared the good news of Jesus. Uh, maybe you're fearing rejection, that someone's just going to say no. You might lay your heart out and they're just going to say no. Maybe we fear that people won't like us or... Actually, we might even fear that people would hate us if they knew about our faith. We might fear that we would be taken the wrong way. Has anybody ever felt that? That, as again, Chris mentioned it last week, that we fear that people are going to think we're haters, that people are going to think we're bigots. And so we come to this place where we just don't share our stories, we don't share our faith, we don't share Jesus. And so this is obviously a bit of a problem, <laughs> if you can imagine. So Brennan and I, we actually went on a mission trip back in March, which we shared a little bit about. And it was a trip where we were distributing scripture and we were engaging in personal evangelism. And so we were dropped off this first day. Um, we had our Bibles in our hands and we're at this park. And all of a sudden we're supposed to go chat with people about spiritual things, t talk to people about Jesus. And I thought, what have I signed myself up for? What have I done? Oh, no. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking around this park, and I, and I think to myself, who am I supposed to talk to? And when I find who I'm supposed to talk to, what on earth am I supposed to say? And sheer terror just rose up inside of me. And you, right now, might be sitting here, you're thinking to yourselves, oh no, she's going to ask me to share Jesus with people in my world. 
and already you fear terror bubbling up inside of you. You don't have to put up your hands, but I'm guessing there's some people who are feeling that right now. So something might need to change in our hearts so that we can actually take part in this mission that God has for us in our world. And when I was on that Chile trip, there were a lot of things that did change in my heart, a lot of things that God changed in my heart. And I found that as the week went on, and I kept going and doing these things that made me terrified, God showed up. He showed up in ways that I could not have imagined. And over the course of that week, like I said, something in my heart did change. And we're going to come back to that story. I'm going to kind of give you more of that story towards the end of my message. But something needs to change in our hearts because Jesus didn't say, go and make disciples of all nations, but only if it's easy. (laughs) He didn't say, go and make disciples of all nations, but only if you feel really confident and comfortable and it's going to be really easy and everyone's going to say yes. Right? He said, go and make disciples of all nations nations. And a little bit of comfort for you right now is that I actually think that it's okay to have some fears about this, okay? I actually think it's okay. And when we look at the life of Paul, we're going to go back and forth. We're going to be going back to the story, back to chapter 29 again and again to see how this mission impacted Paul and see little bits about his life that might help us on our journey towards sharing Jesus. And we see in one of his letters to the Corinthians that Paul was afraid. Can you believe that? Paul was afraid. So 1 Corinthians 2, verse 3 to 5 says this. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So superstar Christian guy Paul was afraid. He came to them with fear and with great trembling. And look at what God did through Paul. And imagine what God can do and what he might want to do through you even if you're afraid. Another thing about Paul, and this I'm sure you can relate in our culture, is that Paul had opposition. Paul had a lot of opposition. And we can see that through one of his letters to the Thessalonians, which I have a hard time saying always. Thessalonians. Got it. So 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 2 to 4, page 417 in the story says, we had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God, I love this, we dared to tell you this gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. So if you've got fears about how you might be treated, check out Paul. He he faced those same kinds of difficult situations 
that we find ourselves facing. But here's the cool thing, is that God has entrusted us with the gospel. He's entrusted to it, entrusted it to us, which mean, means he thinks we can do it. He believes that we can do it. A little bit later on in this letter to the Thessalonians, we get to see Paul's motive. We get to see why he did what he did. And it's not only because God told him to, but check it out. And this is chapter 2, verse 7 to 8 in Thessalonians, page 417 again. It says, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. He cared for these people. He loved them. He shared his whole life with these people. And how many of you know that if our motivation is not love, then sharing Jesus might not be the best thing? And I love our, our uh, vision statement. It says, motivated by love and compelled by Christ's commission. We are motivated in love. Paul was motivated in love in all that he did. So we have this mission. We have a problem. We don't want to do it. What's the solution? And as I mentioned, I think there's three things that might need to change in our hearts to help us get on board with this mission that God has called us to. And the first one is this, is that we need to recognize the treasure that we have in Jesus. And our world, our culture, they've done a really good job of making us as Christians feel as though this thing that's a treasure, they've made us feel as though it's dirty or it's something that we should be ashamed of or embarrassed by. But it's something that just, sure, it might work for you, but nope, I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. But I don't know about you, but my faith and my relationship with Jesus is an absolute treasure to me. When I think of all the hard times that I've walked through in my life and having Jesus beside me in those times, and when I think about the hope that he brings to my life, when I think about the peace and the joy and the strength, and when I think about having that relationship where I'm just loved so intensely and so fiercely by God, that is a treasure to me. Absolute treasure. And this gospel this good news of Jesus that we have been entrusted with, it's good. It's actually good news that we get to share. In Acts 13, verse 38 and 39, and this is on page 408 in the story, it says this, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Set free. Do you know anyone in your world who might need to be set free? Set free from loneliness or fear, addiction. There's a lot of people in my world that I know 
They need to be set free. And here we are with this good news, this wonderful treasure. And so often we just keep it to ourselves. It's like we're holding the answer to life and fulfillment and purpose, this rest for our souls, closeness with Jesus, and that intense love of God that's available to us. And we're going through Alpha, Youth Alpha, on Wednesday nights with Senior High. And there was this illustration. It was so simple, but it was, it was just profound to me in, in that moment. And there's a picture, um, Ryan, if you wouldn't mind putting that picture up on the screen. And it's this. Imagine someone that you have in your world, that you care about, that you love, and, and they don't know Jesus. And now imagine they've been walking through this desert for days. And they're practically dying of thirst. And they come up to you and you see their throat is all scratchy and their mouth is cracked and dry. And now imagine you are there with some water. You're there with this water. And every time you take a sip of this water, it just fills right up again. It's like this everlasting water that just keeps coming and coming. How many of us, if we saw that person come up to us, is there anyone here who wouldn't be like, hey, here, I've got water. I've got this life-giving water that's going to satisfy your thirst. That's gonna, it's exactly what you need. Here it is. Is there any of us who wouldn't willingly, joyfully share that water with that person? Of course we would. And so I guess the question is, for all of us today, is, is your faith a treasure to you? Is your faith a treasure to you? And maybe the reality of, you know, this room and who's here today, maybe your faith your relationship with Jesus, maybe it isn't a treasure to you. Maybe you've kind of grown cold in your heart towards Jesus. And if that's the case, can I just encourage you to reach out to him? Reach out to him. Say, God, would you show me your love that is in Jesus? Show me anew the wonder of the cross of what you have done for us. Show me your love new. Show me it in new ways like I've never known before. And let's not settle for being cold towards Jesus. Let's embrace this incredible treasure that we have. So that's point number one. Recognize the treasure that you have. And point number two is this. You matter. You matter. Your part in this story that God is writing. We need to recognize the part that each and every one of us in this room has to play. Every one of us, all of us matter. Every single one of us has a part to play. And sometimes, as Christians, we might think, okay, you know, missionaries, they do the work, they will be on mission. But can I tell you, we have a mission in our everyday lives, in our workplaces, in our schools, our family, our friends. We're on a mission. We can live on a mission every 
day. And 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to 8, which is page 425 of your story Bible, it, it shows us the different parts that each of us have to play. And it just paints a really beautiful picture of it. And this is Paul speaking, and he says this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. I love that. So one person planted this seed, and another person is watering it, and God is blessing it all, and he's making, making it grow. And when I read this verse, I think of the first thing, very first thing that came to mind was kids camp. And I thought of all of the volunteers at kids camp and how the number of seeds that they're planting in these kids' lives is amazing. And then I thought, I went from there to our, our youth ministry volunteers, our junior high volunteers who are back there with the kids right now. And I thought, wow, look at how, how many opportunities they have to water those seeds and to nurture and to care for these kids. And then I thought of, Moms with small kids at home, you're on a mission. The seeds that you're planting in that child, the way that you're loving and caring for them, it matters. Each and every one of us matters in this story. Otherwise, why would God have invited us to be a part of it? There's this really cool pastor who's like my favorite pastor in the world. And... Um, his name is Brennan Shero, and he's my husband. <laughs> and he has this really cool quote. Uh, his quote, that's funny that I said that. He, he, says, he says this thing that, that I He didn't write it in a book, if you're going to look for the book. It's not a quote in a book. But anyways, he has this thing that he says that always impacts me greatly. And he says this, No one can reach the people in your world the same way that you can. No one, no one can reach the people in your world the same way that you can. And if you think of each of us, think of yourself, think of your personality, think of your life experiences, think of the challenges that you faced, think of the difficult seasons that you've navigated, and all of those make you the perfect person to share the message of Jesus with someone in your world. And you know what? There's going to be people who are really going to relate well to you, who don't relate well to me, or just don't get it with you, but they get it with me, and God is using us all. We all have this part to play, and it's beautiful how God uses us in all of our differences in the body of Christ to fulfill this amazing mission that he's called us to. So that's point number two, is that you matter. Recognize the part that you have to play and how significant it can be in the hands of God. Point number three, and this one, this one gives me chills when I think about this one. This one is amazing. And we see it at work 
in Paul's life, in Jesus' life, in all throughout Scripture, we see this at work. And it's this. We need to believe in the God of divine encounters. Believe in the God of divine encounters. And we see these divine encounters, as I said, at work even in this chapter, in chapter 29 of the story, just a couple of examples. There's a man who couldn't walk at Lystra, and through his encounter with God, through Paul, he's healed. He wasn't able to walk. He has a divine encounter with God through Paul. He walks. His whole life is completely changed in a moment, in this one divine encounter that God set up before the beginning of time. And then I think of Paul and Silas. They meet that jailer, and him and his whole household, they're saved. Their whole life and their eternity is transformed because of this divine encounter set up by God. And each and every day, imagine... Imagine if we walked into each and every day with the belief that we were walking into divine encounters. Imagine if we started thinking, hey, this conversation that I'm having right now with my friend or my family member or my coworker, God knew about this conversation before the beginning of time. And that this could be the conversation that changes this person's life forever. This could be the conversation that takes them out of the darkest place in their life, their most difficult season, and lifts them up and sets them free and puts their feet on solid ground. This could be the conversation where their eternity is changed. And when we were on that chili trip... This is what we saw God doing time and time again. Just divine encounter after divine encounter. And I just kept thinking to myself, is this real? Is this happening? Like this is something that only God could do. And only God can set up a divine encounter. But imagine if we go through every day looking, expecting those divine encounters. It would change the way we work. It would change the way we interact with family and friends. If we saw every opportunity, every opportunity that was ahead of us in every conversation, in every moment where we have an opportunity to pray for someone or share love or care for someone, imagine that. And when I was in Australia um, studying in Bible college, I had this idea in my head that once I graduate from Bible college, then, you know, I'll, I'll be some kind of pastor, I'll be working in a church, then I will fulfill this mission that God has for me. Then I will hopefully impact some lives. Hopefully God will use me once I graduate from school. Can anyone relate to that? <laughs> So at the same time that I was in Bible college, I was also teaching music lessons. Um, I'd go straight from Bible college into a music, uh, a music school, and I would have 
back-to-back, half-hour lessons, tons of kids over the course of a few hours, many nights of the week. And I started this job, most of the time I was just thinking, oh, like, get me out of here. Like, how many, how many more students until I can go home and, like, go to sleep and then go back to school and whatever, do whatever I want to do. And I was, like, rushing through these moments. I was just ready to get out of there. No purpose, no meaning to what I was doing at all. And I'm pretty sure I missed some opportunities there. But thankfully, God brought some challenge into my heart. God changed something in my heart. And I realized that I could actually be fulfilling God's mission in my life at my job, where I teach music lessons. And Romans 12 Verse 1, which is on page 436, tells us a little bit about this, how everything we do can be for his cause, for his purposes, for his mission. And it says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. A living sacrifice. That means that as you are living, you are surrendering what you do to God to use. And so as I'm teaching these music lessons, I start to have this new purpose, this new mission in in everything I did. Every student that came in, I started thinking, is this a divine encounter? And the answer was yes, every single one. I had opportunities to listen to these kids, to hear their struggles, to care for them, to show them love when they're facing difficult things in their lives. And I waited and I thought, you know what, maybe there's going to be even more to it because that's amazing. Of course we're showing love and caring for people. We're being the hands and feet of Jesus. And then one day, uh, a, young, a young girl came for her weekly lesson, and she was a teenager, and her and I had a really, really good relationship. And it's from those half-hour sessions every week. We would spend probably more of the, those lessons talking than singing, which, eh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> but I had this great relationship with her. And so the moment she walked into our little lesson room, I knew that something was wrong. I knew that something was going on in her life, that she was in a major struggle, and she could barely keep it together as, throughout, like, as she came in, and she just started opening up to me and sharing, and we had built this relationship of trust and love where she knew that she was, it was safe for her to do that. And she's telling me just the struggles that she's facing and these challenges, and she's just overwhelmed, and she's upset, she's hurting, she's broken. And there I was, and I feel that like, you know, is it terror? Is it, what is it? Maybe it's the Holy Spirit stirring something in me where I I start to have that thought of, Jesus, are you wanting me to share Jesus with her right now? Like, do you want me to, do you want me to tell her about you? And again, I've got that, you know, that bit of terror inside of me. And I knew that she had been to church a bit, and I knew that she knew a bit about Jesus. And in that moment, I realized, I have a treasure. I know the answer. I know what's going to help bring this girl out of this dark place and what's going to set her free. 
I have this beautiful treasure, and I think I have a part to play because I'm here right now. God has placed me here, and I think this is a divine encounter. I think this is a moment that God knew about before the beginning of time where I need to just share this treasure that I have. And as I said, Holy Spirit totally at work inside of me and clearly at work in her somehow. And I had the opportunity to lead her to Jesus. And at the end of that moment, she looks up at me and it's like that cloud that was over top of her just lifted. And I see this light come into her heart, this light come into her eyes. And it's only God. It's only God that did that. But what an honor and a privilege that I was able to be a part of that moment where I just shared this treasure that was mine. I said, here, have it. It's yours. And she received it. And I saw that it was just this beautiful, beautiful moment, this divine encounter that changed her life forever. And so my question for us is, what divine encounters are waiting for us? Like, this is a large group of people. What divine encounters are waiting for us this week or even this afternoon? What areas of our life are we living as though we're not on a mission? What areas of our life do we need to become that living sacrifice to give those areas over to Jesus, to use for his glory? So Paul, he had a mission, and we have this mission. We're terrified of it. We don't like it sometimes, but we have this mission. So our three points, let's ask ourselves now, which one of these, or all three maybe, is God nudging at our hearts about? What does he need to change in our hearts to help us engage more fully in this mission that he's called us to? So the treasure, recognize the treasure that we have. Two, you matter. Your part in this story matters. And three, believe in a God of divine encounters, even in your everyday, ordinary life. So I told you at the beginning, we had this trip to Chile, and I was terrified. And then here's what happened by the end of the week, is that I saw God moving in so many different ways, as I just surrendered it over to him, that by the end of the week, I, had, I still had that like fear inside of me, but I also had this incredible anticipation and excitement of, I gotta, I gotta go talk to someone because this could be a divine encounter. This could be a moment that changes this person's life forever. This could be a moment where I share the love of Jesus, where I am the hands and the feet of Jesus to this person, where I'm watering some seed or I'm planting that seed. I don't know what this moment is gonna be, but it can be a moment lived on purpose and a moment that is on a mission. So think about what you might need to embrace in your heart today. And can I encourage you this week, here's the big moment. Can you just take a step? Just wherever you're at right now, think of the people in your world and can you just take a step towards mission. And if you're afraid, do it afraid. Do it anyways. 
Because God, just as he worked so powerfully through Paul when he was afraid and through so many others, God wants to use you. God wants you to be a part of these divine encounters. And so just as I, as I wrap up, I had, um, worship team, you guys can come on up if you want. Um, I was just praying and I was saying, okay, God, like what are the closing thoughts? What do you want people to know as they leave this place this morning? And I just sensed that God was saying, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous because he's going before you. He's going before you. Be strong and courageous. And then the second thing I sense God was saying was, IPC, wait and see what I have in store for you. Wait and see what God has in store for us as we each take that one step. However scared we might be, as we each take that one step, watch what God is going to do. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have an opportunity to see one more video from our Nicaragua team. And this one, again, we get to see a divine encounter with our team and a man named Bismarck, whose life was totally transformed. So let me pray, pray for you, pray for all of us as we just enter into this mission, and then you'll be able to check out the screens for this video. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much that we get to be a part of this mission. We get to be a part of seeing people's lives totally transformed by you. Thank you, God, that even though you could have done it alone, you, cho you chose to use us. You chose to have us as a part of it. And Lord, for those who are here in this place right now and they are feeling a lot of fear, would you show them, God, that you are going before them, that you are doing all the work here, Holy Spirit, Lord, we cannot wait to see what you have in store for us, what you have in store for the people in our world who we love and care about and who we know desperately need you. So God, show us this treasure that we have if we have grown cold. Show us the part that we have to play and open us up Open our eyes to see those divine encounters that you have set in place before us each and every day. God, we're expectant. We cannot wait to see what you have in store. Help us to take those baby steps. Help us to take those steps in fear and watch you move in power through our lives. We love you, Father, and we do this all for you, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.